Good evening, friends. Well, welcome to our, our first ever, and it's going to be a first annual contemplative service. And um, I just want to say we're so glad you're here. Uh, we've been praying about this, wondering who, who's going to be here, and you're probably wondering what this is going to feel like. And um, man, I love the people in this room, and I'm really glad we're here to do this together. Um, if you are here and you're not part of this Grace Church, but you found out about the service, we're so happy that you are here, and uh, you are an honored guest in this space, and we're, we're glad you're here. So this can be really simple. It's going to be pretty short, and, um, but uh, really this, this space exists for you to feel seen by God, and that is our hope, that, that the creation of this space would be an experience of you experiencing the God who sees you and who sees all of us. It's um, space for you to talk to God and say whatever you want to say to him uh, this holiday season, and it's hopefully space for him to speak to you. And that's our hope that, that in some way God would, would meet you in this space and um, in whatever ways you need to be met by him, uh, that he would do that, and only he can do that. And so we, we want to create space to be together and let God do what God does and minister to us. Um, so I want to, I want to, I'm kind of, I'm going to frame this service, um, but I would love to just start with prayer and then, uh, we're going to have Joel and Scott just sing a song over us. Be still and know that I am God. There's two verses they'll sing over us. And if you want, you can, uh, can sing the, the third uh, verse, which is, uh, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. And so with that, we just start by just hearing God's kind of speaking over us. So let me open us in a word of prayer and then they'll lead us in that and then I'll, tell you more about what's coming. Well, Father, we uh, are together to um, be with you and to be with one another. And I just pray that your spirit would just flood this room, uh, flood the hearts and minds of these friends and these people in this room. Would you, Emmanuel, would you be with us tonight uh, in ways that are very personal to each one of us. And um, I just ask that you have something for each one of us. And we, we don't want to try to control what that is. Uh, we certainly can't predict what that would be. But we do pray that, that you have an encouragement, a comfort, uh, a truth, a reminder um, for each one of us. And so we invite you into our hearts and minds, into our lives in this holiday season. And as we've been dwelling on this theme, prepare him room all month. We want to make room for you right now in the midst of whatever we're going through. And so we invite you to to minister to us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
So our theme tonight is God's comfort in the darkness. Um, John's gospel begins, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it says, in him was life, and the, light, the life was the light of humanity. And then he says this, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I want to just highlight that verse today, just keep that up for us tonight. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, we want to just experience that reality tonight, light and darkness. And so we're, we're making room tonight for, for darkness uh, in the Christmas season. Um, I was thinking of the Christmas songs we hear in stores in our homes this time of year. One in particular came to mind as I thought about this service. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of year. It's the hap happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call, uh, it's the hap hap happiest season of all. Until it is not. Until it is very much not any of those things. And I was thinking one of the, the, the challenges in this season is um, you'll hear often uh, that we often compare our insides with people's outsides. And that's never probably a good thing to do, what we're feeling versus what we, what we imagine people doing. And I think the holidays is a season where we, we maybe do that more than usual. We are feeling what we're feeling, and we're seeing all this, these parties and this, this happiness, and we just feel that gap. And, and I think we also we compare the expectations of what we think we're supposed to feel in the holiday seasons with what we're actually feeling. And, um, and we're left with with darkness and sadness. And um, we're here just to acknowledge that reality tonight. We did this very intentionally on December 21st. This is the winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year in the Northern Hemisphere and the longest night. And this, it's appropriate that we're doing this tonight. And um, we want to acknowledge the darkness. And I was thinking about the, the biblical Christmas story. There's lots of darkness in the Christmas story. Um, it starts with Zechariah and Elizabeth, who are these, you know, this older couple who wanted a, a child and for decades prayed for a child and never, never got that until very late in life. Uh, it's, 
I was thinking of King Herod, the darkness of him, who's this power-hungry guy who ends up killing um, these babies to try to prevent you know, a would-be king from coming. And Jesus and his young families, they have to flee to Egypt and be displaced and be refugees in a foreign land. And just Israel in general, living under Roman occupation, uh, wanting so badly for a Messiah. There's so much, there's actually a lot of, the, the, the background of the Christmas story is, is a lot of darkness. And so we just want to give voice to the darkness tonight. And um, we want you to have a tangible uh, reality throughout this service. So um, we gave, you got rocks. Hopefully you all have your rocks um, as you came in. They're out in the foyer. If you didn't get one, if you want to grab one, you can. Um, but we, have, we want some tactile things for, for ourselves tonight. So um, these stones, uh, I, I invite you to just hold them through the service. And these stones represent whatever weight you carry this holiday season. And for some of you, there's, that weight is a pr- it's the presence of something. Um, it might be like the presence of, of conflict in your family uh, or of, of cancer or of, of health challenges or health challenges in someone you love or of a wayward child or something, some presence that makes uh, this holiday season hard. And, and for some of you, this weight represents an absence of um, something you desperately miss, someone you miss, um, or, or a hope and expectation that has never been fulfilled in your life, maybe for someone or for something. Um, or it may just be just the absence of, of a kind of um, provision you'd love to give your family this, this year, but you just you can't. So it might be a presence, it might be an absence, but I want to invite you just to hold it and to just kind of take it in uh, throughout the service, and we'll, at the end of the service, we'll have an opportunity actually to offer these stones um, to Jesus when we when we take communion. But uh, get get comfortable with your with your stone tonight. So we want to acknowledge the darkness, um, but of course, this is about God's comfort in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. The verse says, and the darkness has not overcome it. And we're here to experience Jesus, Emmanuel, uh, the light of the world who is with us in our darkness. And the Christmas story is a story of, of light <laughs> coming into darkness from the angel appearing to Zechariah, like the, the shiny Gabriel to the, you know, the angels appearing to the shepherds, uh, to the star that appears to the wise men, and of course to Jesus himself, the light of the world who comes into the darkness. And we're here to remember that Emmanuel is with us in our darkness. He's more powerful than the darkness he will overcome the darkness in the end. And so we're here to, to remember that he's with us. Um, but we're also here to remember that he knows the darkness. And I think that's one of the things I want to say to us at, at the front end of this is our king knows the darkness. And whatever, whatever darkness your stone represents, there's a good chance he knows it personally. Whether that's the loss of a loved one, uh, or relational conflict, or unmet expectations, uh, or loneliness, um, or death itself. He, he intimately knows each one of those realities, and so he is, he is uniquely equipped to, to minister to us. And so that's what we're here to do. And we wanted a tangible reminder of Jesus' presence with us tonight. And that's what, this is the Christ candle. We, we light this candle at our Christmas Eve service, along with the other Advent candles. Tonight, it's just the Christ candle. And so I'm going to light this as a visible reminder of Jesus' presence with us 
in the darkness. And so I'd invite you just to, if you want to focus on the candle throughout the, the night, go back to that. Let that be a reminder of Jesus' presence. And we're going to have some time at the end to really just take this, his presence with us in the darkness in, in a really, I think, sweet way. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to celebrate light and acknowledge the darkness. And, you know, that's a hard thing. We, we have a hard time holding things in tension like this, the pain and, and the loss and the joy and, and all that Christmas represents. But that's what we're here to do as individuals and all the complexities of things inside of us and as a community where some of us are rejoicing, some of us are grieving. We, we are called to hold all that together. So um, the last thing I want to say um, is I just want to speak freedom into this time for you. Um, that you give yourself total freedom, you can participate uh, or not in all the things that we'll, we'll do, which is not a lot, but feel free to participate, feel free to not. Please feel free to feel whatever you feel. There's no right feelings tonight. Um, you might feel sadness or anger or frustration, uh, or it might just be flat, and um, we just want to speak freedom on whatever. There's no right way to go about this service. Um, you have freedom to leave the service in the middle of the service. If you're like, this is actually, this is not helpful for me. I, I, I thought this would be good, this would be not. You have freedom to step out and leave. Uh, or to walk out for a minute and to come back. Um, and we, we also wanted to just make prayer available to you um, throughout the service and at the end of the service. And so we have, I can't even see, but do we have, this is Pam. Yeah, okay, we've got, we've got the Bergstedts and the Cashins are in the back row. And if at any time during the service you just would love to pray with someone, they're back there and you can use that living room space or right after the service if you would like pray. They would love, they're here to just take in the service, but they're available um, to pray with you. So I wanted to just speak all that in. So this is going to be simple. Um, so let's take this in together. Uh, I'm going to invite Katie Kelly up, and she's going to uh, read a liturgy for us. And Katie, oh, there you are. Um, this service was Katie's idea. She brought this idea to us, and she has her own journey of grief. Um, and we're really grateful that you brought this to us, and so she's going to Kind of kick this off. Oh, it's bright up here. Um, as Dave mentioned, I brought this idea to Grace because I know how impactful it has been for me in the past to be surrounded by other people who are struggling, to just be around and look around and say, I'm not alone in a Christmas season that can feel very isolating. Um, and to be in a space where grief and hope can coexist. Deep pain, but also hard-fought hope because of Jesus. And, um, yeah, so I, I hope that this service can be a structure for us tonight to reorient our lives on the hope of Jesus and in the midst of darkness for me, um, you see, I know this journey far too personally than I ever would have liked to know. Uh, just like you or the person sitting next to you, we've all experienced disappointment or heartache or pain. Three and a half years ago, my husband, Ben, um, unexpectedly passed away, and it left me instantly a widow at 27 years old. Um, my my. And I just felt like my life had completely shattered, and instantly my hope just felt gone. Um, it was so easy to slip into despair and depression and hopelessness, even amidst my faith. 
And it just left me wondering, is God, is God with us in the darkness? If things don't change as quickly as we like or we expect them to or wish they were, we begin to wonder, is God really with us? Does he even care? It's in those moments where despair seems to seep in, um, but scripture over and over says, God is never far from us. In the Christmases since Ben passed away, I have had to cling to the hope that Christmas brings, calling my soul to a greater depth of faith and hard-fought joy, setting our eyes on the horizon and our minds on things above. It's an act of the will, and it isn't easy. But um, while Christmas brings the reminder of what is absent and who is absent, and memories past that will be no more and are now tinged with pain. Christmas is even more so a reminder for us, those who know hardship, who know pain and suffering, that this life isn't all there is that we have to rely on. And Jesus's birth changed everything. Because of Jesus, we have hope that death will not get the final say hope in a savior that came to live among us and who knows our pain, hope in God's love for all of us, hope in a place beyond this where there will be no more tears, no more suffering, and no more pain. Jesus' birth really brought the greatest hope in the history of the world, and I've come to realize Christmas is actually for the grieving a joy amidst the darkness when that little baby Jesus came to earth. Christmas is for the weak, for the suffering, for the sad, sadness. Christmas reminds us that we are not alone. And that little tiny baby, that little flame of hope, that God is transforming our hearts even in this sorrow and the darkness. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. Finding the words to pray in seasons of pain um, is challenging, I've found. Um, so I have a prayer to speak over us tonight. This is a prayer for the holidays where grief and gritty, hard-fought joy can coexist. I invite you to close your eyes and pray this with me. There are days I am okay, O oh Lord, and other days I wake and cannot bear to face what awaits. For there are certain days that were once a source of warmth and celebration, of fellowship and life. Those calendar squares, once colored by the light of bright expectation, now hold an inverse ache of their former delight. Even as I am learning again to take the forward movement of daily life in stride, sometimes these special days arrive and jar me from my rhythm. So lead me, O oh Lord, through this layered confusion of celebration and lament, of things present and things past. Let me make of this day a new thing, though holidays might be hard days. O oh God, by the movement of your mercies, may they also become holy days. Do not be distant, O oh Lord, lest I find this burden of loss too heavy and shrink from the necessary experience of my grief. 
Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I become so mired in yesterday's hurts that I miss entirely the living gifts this day might hold. Let me neither ignore my pain, pretending all is okay when it isn't, nor magnify my pain so that I dull my capacity to experience all that remains good in this life. So give me strength, O God, to feel this grief deeply, never to hide my heart from it, and give me also hope, enough to remain open to surprising encounters with joy. Let me learn now, O Lord, to do this as naturally as the inhale and exhale of a single breath, to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, to breathe out lament, to breathe in hope, to breathe out pain, to breathe in comfort to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, to breathe out joy. Amen.
so grateful to be with you all here this evening and to actually feel with you the second that Joel and Scott started singing this evening my tears just started to flow so um we want to take some time to lament together tonight um to lament the brokenness of this world and the brokenness that Christ actually was birthed into and experienced with us and what's interesting about lament is it's kind of this lost language of faith um, we don't practice it very often in our churches, and yet in the early church, in early Christian history, lament was kind of a vital part of the life of faith. It was essential to life with God. Um, and lament is different than just simply expressing sorrow or tears um, as we do throughout uh, the world Lament, as we intend it, is to be a uniquely Christ-centered experience where we have a conversation with God about our pain, where the temptation is to turn away from him. We actually turn toward him, and we bring him our hurts and our struggles as an actual offering, that, where that becomes part of our worship, part of what we give him. And the intent of lament is to actually trust God more. That we want to move in our hearts toward him in greater trust. That he will, as we bring our hurts and pains to him, he will renew our confidence in his character. That he is a loving and faithful God. And lament gives us exp uh, the space to express it all. The anger, the hurt, the frustration, the confusion. God actually wants us to come to him with those things. He wants us to turn toward him so that those things can become a catalyst for deeper relationship, for true intimacy with him. And what's beautiful is lament is modeled in scripture in many places, but especially in the Psalms. A third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. But what's so striking in the Psalms of lament is that they then beautifully, the majority of them, turn to expressions of hope and joy and comfort and trust. And what's amazing is Jesus, in his darkest moment, he lamented. He expressed his anguish openly to God. And one of the ways that he did that was actually by quoting Psalm 22 and Psalm 31. In Psalm 22, he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he quotes Psalm 31 and says, into your hands I commit my spirit. So we want to read portions of these psalms together, Psalm 22 and 31, so that we too can lament together. And I encourage you as we, as we read these to find your pain, your voice of pain in these psalms. 
and allow them then to be an expression of your own heart and mind and soul. And when I, uh, I'll be reading a, a, a chunk of the passage, and then after that, I will say, Father, and then I invite you to say with me, into your hands I commit my spirit. So with that, let's lament together. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? I call to you, my God. I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Yet, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you, and were saved. In you, they trusted, and were not disappointed. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, and my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish, and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Father, Into your hands I commit my spirit. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. You who fear the Lord, praise him, for he has not despised the suffering of his afflicted ones. He has not hidden his face, but has listened to their cry for help. Lord, in the shelter of your presence, you hide them, and in your dwelling, you keep them safe. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Amen. We want to do a, a series of reflections around the Christ candle. And as I said, normally we have, you know, at Christmas Eve, we, we light four candles around it throughout the service. Uh, but this time we're going to place four rocks uh, around the Christ candle. So I want you to, to get out your rocks, if you would, your stones. These are like stones of remembrance. And um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to just give you a way to think about your stone for a second. And then we're just going to spend 30 seconds of silence. Uh, and you can kind of hold your stone before the candle of Christ. And then we'll sing a verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And we'll do that four times and we'll get through all four verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So um, for this first reflection, um, let this stone 
represent, represent the thing itself that is the weight. The, it could be the person um, that you've lost. It could be the conflict. It could be um, the health issue. It's, it's the thing itself. And this rock represents that in this first reflection. And, you know, the, this, is, this is the thing in our lives, the person, the reality that, that's, for most of you in this room, that's always in the background of everything you're doing. All, all day long, you're doing what you're doing, but this is what's in the background. And, and what's, I think what I've noticed is what's hard is, is that, of course, sad moments can trigger memories of this, but also really happy moments can trigger memories of this and make that happy moment a sad moment. And so that's hard. And so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna take this in, the thing itself, hold it in your mind, if you would, and we're gonna just spend 30 seconds of silence doing that uh, before the Christ candle, and then we'll sing the first verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So now this stone, um, the second stone that we'd like you to remember, imagine, um, represents not just the thing itself, but the pain we feel, the sadness, the disappointment, the hurt, the trauma, the confusion, the frustration, the fear, the anger, there's a weight to this pain. Sometimes we feel it in our bodies. It takes shape in different forms. Um, sometimes we can expect the pain coming uh, and we can try to prepare for it. Other times the pain catches us off guard and in unexpected moments. I know for me, I wished I could just sleep through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, 
Um, and I'm sure some of you can relate and just wake up January 2nd. So let us hold our pain before the Lord um, and let us sit with it for a moment of silence. This third stone represents our love. Our love and our longing for what is good and right and whole. Because beneath the pain, we are wanting what's true and noble and worthy and lovely and right and good. Our pain is birthed out of those things. Um, I think about broken relationships, or loneliness, and the loss of a loved one particularly. At the core of that is love. And it's our love, our deep love, that makes the pain even deeper. And when we have disappointment, it's because something good has been withheld. And when we are struggling with our health, we're longing for wholeness in our bodies. Underneath the pain is love and a longing for what is good and right. And we want to actually cherish those things. So this rock is intended to help us cherish the love and that which is good. So we want to hold our love and our longings before the Lord in a moment of silence.
as we've been reflecting thus far about the various realities uh, that we bear in this season, the feelings that accompany that reality, and the love that that reveals, the goodness underneath it all. But that's not all we get. That's not all we are left with. We have so much more. And this fourth stone represents the more. The more is the gift of God's presence in the midst of it all. His divine witness, his comfort, his peace, and even the possibility of joy, all of which can transcend the circumstances of the realities that we carry. And here's the offer from our living God. He says, let me take this. Let me share this burden. For I, the Lord your God, will hold you. I will help you. You are not alone in this. And so, as you're holding your stone right now, I want you to just take a look at it in your hand, sitting in your hand. And I want you to imagine your hands as the hands of God holding you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he is carrying you as you are carrying this burden. So let us just sit with that image of Emmanuel, God with us in, in this way for a moment. Let's sit with that beautiful truth.
So uh, we're going to drop the lights in a second and just take a moment to uh, focus on the Christ candle as a symbol of Christ's presence with us in the darkness. We're going to spend a minute in silence. Uh, and then Joel and Scott are going to just sing a song over us. And then Kim Storm is going to, not from the front but from the back, just read words of God from Isaiah over us, speak those over us, and just take this in. So uh, if you would, Angela, if you'd drop the lights. One of my favorite descriptions of Jesus is the final description we have of him in the Bible. And it's his own description of himself at the end of Revelation. And he says, I am the root of David and the bright morning star. And the morning star is that phenomenon when, when a star, usually it's the planet Venus, when a star appears in the east just before the dawn, literally at the darkest moment at you know, 4.30, 5 a.m. before the dawn is coming, this little flicker of light that's, that's nothing compared to the darkness, but that tells you the dawn is on its way. Day is almost here, it's sure. The sign of the morning star is, is, is the sign that dawn is coming. And so we're just going to take a moment to focus on Jesus with us who says, I am the morning star. I am going to bring my kingdom. The dawn is coming. In the darkness, the dawn is coming. It's as good as here. My kingdom will come. So let's just take a moment of silence to experience Jesus, our bright morning star.
If all I had was Christ, I'd have nothing to gain. All I have is Christ, and I have everything. His presence is enough. He hides me in His peace. He wraps me in. Stirs my heart to stay. My life is in His hands. He is my confidence. He keeps His promises forever and He's gentle with my heart. He knows each tear I cry. This healing in his gospel, every one of mine. My life is in his hand. He is my confidence. He keeps his promises. Forever and amen. My life is in His hands. He is my confidence. He keeps His promises forever and these words of Advent comfort from the prophets. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. 
I will shepherd the flock with justice. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. The stone you were holding in your hand representing the thing you are carrying is not meant to just be held. Uh, as children of God, we have been given the invitation to lay it down. But laying it down is an act of faith. It's an act of trust. And in our laying it down, we can change our focus from the burden itself to the burden bearer. And so tonight, we invite you to do that. We come to Jesus, the Jesus who was born to bear the sins of the world, the Jesus we celebrate at Christmas. We come to the Jesus who, when he was nailed to the cross and bearing those sins, he bore all that was broken, bore the pain, and he didn't just pay off a debt, he physically suffered for it. He suffered for us, bearing it all in his body. And he says, this is my love for you. Come to me. Bring your burden to me. Lay it before me, and I will give you rest. So let's come to Jesus together in communion, bringing our stone and laying it before Jesus. And we have, as you will see, baskets underneath each of the three communion tables uh, where you can bring your stone and just place it there. And then exchange that and take communion. The reminder of what God has given to us that makes that exchange mean something. His body broken for us, his blood shed for us. So let's give our burdens to God together. Our burden bearer. And let's partake of his love, his forgiveness, his comfort, his peace, and his salvation. Let's come to the table.
your baby boy would someday walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds 
Thank you all for coming. So good to be together and to grieve and to hope together. So thanks for being here. I want to leave us with a blessing. Um, I want to let you know there's, there's uh, our college ministry is having a Christmas party tonight, and our service went longer than we thought, so there's a bunch of college students waiting in the foyer to come in here. So you're welcome to walk out the foyer, but, but that might not be the vibe that you're ready for after this time. <laughs> So you're welcome to do that. You can walk out that way and um, around however you want to do that. But we, we went longer than we thought, so they're graciously waiting for us. So um, exit however you want. <laughs> I want to give you that heads up. Um, let me leave you with this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you peace. Peace this Christmas season. Thanks for being here.